Hey, what's going on, people? It's True News 16, and we're now in March of 2020. There are lots, lots of going things going on. I haven't been on in a while. I've been uh, holding back, uh, getting past the holidays, and oh, getting sick left and right in this winter of 20, uh, 2019. Uh, hopefully, we've seen the end of summer in the East Coast. Uh, we, I want to get into uh, um, free will and and God's sovereignty which is a really hot topic these days, but with this time with a little twist um, uh, regarding this, okay? So um, uh, let's get into it, okay? I'll be right back. Okay, so the situation is, is that... Um, uh, the constant battle, the constant uh, scuffle back and forth is going on with uh, the debate on uh, free will, or whether we have free will and salvation, or whether uh, God basically decides. If you if you look at the argument, right, you look you're going to look at it for uh, the intensities of each argument. Okay, one side is saying that they have free will. Um, in salvation that it's really them and god determining their salvation they can walk off of this deal at any time and they try to hang on to a sense of autonomy regarding uh what it is they're gonna do right uh the other camp is talking about no that you know you're dead you can't make this this uh, decision on your own um and so the more calvinistic or rather the more free uh um, reformed thinking is that you can't make a decision because you're dead and so God has to uh, give you a pretty much like a Lazarus deal where he calls you out and um, you come forth and, and that, that's how he's able to save you now you're born again God is the one that does all the work and um, and that's that okay so on both sides you know you got one side leaning strongly on this complete uh, just uh, um, sovereignty of God, and then you've got the other side saying that no, God. That would mean that God it basically picks people for hell, right? Um, you know, I'm sort of. I was uh, saved in a Pentecostal church, and for many, many decades, I was taught under uh, Arminianistic uh, teaching. Um, but then, uh, maybe like a good ten years, fifteen years ago, twelve years ago or so. Uh, I started listening to and studying more reformed uh, 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 um, theology and by no means am I a scholar or anything like that but I'm just an average Joe uh, walking around on the on a, on a small pond the corner of the of the earth and uh, I, I read my Bible and and I and I really believe uh, I tend to lean more on a reform side now but um, I really do believe that one of the main hangups is the fact that you've got some people of sovereignty really hammering and beating the dead horse that no, you can't do anything, you know, you're dead, you can't make any decisions whatsoever, blah, 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 without making any distinctions, just beating that horse saying, no, you're basically a useless uh, a, a rag and God has to, you know, that goes so far, right? But that's an argument for the sovereignty of God. That's basically what the argument is about. Most people, Arminianistic people, will understand that there is a place 
and everything really encompasses the sovereignty of God, but they feel that God looks through the corridors of time and um, he sees that someone is not going to respond. And so, um, uh, you know, it, it's because the person has decided not to and they would not come forward or whatever they, you know, whatever. So it, it, to me, I, I just feel that the more consistency is on the reform side of things. But the reform side, you have a lot of people really, really not representing the arguments the way they should be uh, represented. So that's why I think it kind of fuels the antagonism going back and forth. And then you've got the more Arminianistic people that are out there, or probably a way larger camp, and they feel like Calvinistic principles are, you know, uh, confused or even as bad as being uh, the spawn of Satan, you know. Um, some people even treat a reform, more reformed thinkers as being not saved or not even brothers. And, you know, when in fact, this is a secondary issue, it really is. It's the same thing with the rapture. And I'm going to have a talk sort of like this with regard to the pre-trib rapture and how people who are now the growth, the, what seems like it's growing in the internet, the growth of a post world, uh, a post tribulation rapture, uh, camp seems to be growing and so the idea is to treat the anyone who believes in pre-trib rapture as useless brainheads uh, left behind, uh, uh, you know, um, Kirk Cameron, uh, old evangelistic, clueless, uh, backwards thinking, you know, um, people. And, and that's not the case. It's, it's also not the case. So um, I believe that you know, in reality, with regard to there, with regard to God's sovereignty, there's nothing that we can really uh, say about that because I mean, you have a limit to what you can say about the mysteries of God. When when the question is, uh, you know, is in Romans, you hear why does God still find fault, or rather, why does God make me this way? And 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 they talk about the potter and the clay. The question is presented, but then it's it's canceled. You can't even ask. How dare you ask? You be quiet. You who are you, old man, to question God? And so I think that that's the stance that we should take. We should stop questioning the sovereignty of God, and 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 it says, um, do not uh, lean on your own understanding. I believe that you know God is so awesome. And we are to understand that will the judge of all the earth, uh, creator of all earth, do justly, um, as in the Psalms. I, I, I really don't think that the answer is to try to find some. And that's what that's what the heathens do. That's what the that leans on what the atheists do. They start to question God. Well, who is God? What kind of morality does he have that he kills all of the Hittites and all of the people in in the in, in the land and whatever, and he's a genocidal maniac. I mean, they're the ones that do that. The same, the people who cannot account of their morality are questioning God's morality. Could you imagine that? And they're intending to, 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 to be more holy than God. That's an abomination. Okay. And so you have some people trying to argue for free will to the point, to the, to the stretch of of a sounding like uh how dare god uh you know uh not uh elect 
uh, Judas to be the son of perdition, you know? And so it, it's it, the same way that God has predicted or has called forth somebody to, um, uh, to be the son of perdition, to be Judas, is the same uh, sovereignty that is utilized uh, to call people to the Lord and, or to use some people or to use a people to uh, persecute others or to erase them from the land or to, uh, uh, you know, uh, the Babylonians, how he used the Babylonians against the children of Israel. So, I mean, who are we? There's so many examples that can be used. And you would have to ask yourself, well, then who are these people? God called them forth from the beginning of time. Okay, I might have to cut this podcast short. God called them from the beginning of time because all Scripture must be fulfilled, right? So God has laid all of this out, and so if we continue to... It's one thing to ponder. It's another thing to to to, to apply one's uh, given uh, intelligence and critique, criticism, and justifications and moralistic basis to really question the sovereignty of God, okay? And to twist it from the way we see it in Scripture. We are to read it as we hear it, as we see it in Scripture, and we are to leave it alone. Um, you know, simply because it, it's, it's just dangerous to, to be applying our justifications, our imperfect justifications, um, you know, to, to, to judge God. It's a scary thing, actually. So I, I don't go there. I, I say, I see it in Scripture, I believe it, and I leave it alone. Because uh, I don't want to say that, well, no, God is not justified in doing something like that. Because that's, that becomes Romans right there. You know, who are you, old man? to question God. And that's what they're doing. Job, who was righteous, who, you know, who, 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 who questioned, God shut him down, you know, and the man lost everything, including all 10 of his children, and God shut him down. How are we to find any kind of uh, justification to question God? That's what these books, that's what scripture is trying to teach us, that that's the lesson in trusting God. Okay? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. That's what that's all about, right? So, um, my situation is, what I really wanted to get into was really understanding that <clears throat> that I don't believe that the, uh, the Reformed stamp, uh, point is that we deny free will at all. All type of free will. We just we just don't believe that it it's incorporated within our salvation, that we're not doing the synergistic thing, uh, you know, uh, with God. It might seem that way to us. It may seem that way to us from our vantage point. But it's not what's laid out in Scripture when you really uh, understand the Scriptures, when you really study and comb the understandings and the mysteries and the the, the awesomeness of the Scriptures. I think that that's where you kind of, you, you have to come away with understanding that it's God's sovereignty and that once we're in this, this bubble of time that God has created for us to live in, 
and has ordained us to live in, that in that realm, we have our, uh, our, 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 our free will. Okay, God has allowed us to uh, perform, um, to make those decisions. When the Lord says, you know, come, those who would come, uh, when he says, you know, choose this very day, um, he's talking about within the bubble, within the realm of our free will. And while we're here, but it doesn't by any way means that God doesn't know which way we're going to turn. He, he, um, I mean, why do you, you can't possibly think that God did not encourage, uh, uh, love, show love or show um, uh, pr uh, pray and teach and, and minister uh, to the 11 disciples and to Judas, he decided, well, no, I can't talk to you right now. Um, I'm talking to the 11. He didn't segregate them. He didn't segregate the, uh, the, the 12 disciples from each other. I think he offered and he gave just as much grace to uh, Judas as he did anyone else. But just like he did, um, um, just like he did uh, 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 Cain, with Cain, the Lord in that dialogue, you can tell that the Lord says, why are you, you know, why is your countenance down? You know, don't you know that if you were to do right, you would feel better? Okay, and that's, isn't that true in all our lives, whenever we don't do what's right? We all of a sudden we feel like the cloud of depression over us, and we get frustrated, and anxieties come upon us, and and um, and our uh, and depressions. Why? Because we're going against our conscience. Our conscience, okay, is uh, we're going against that, and and if we don't go against our and if we go against our conscience, we start to rebel against those that are doing uh, well. Or those that are right with God, and all of those things really um, irritate us, and that's how the, the you know the man is, the heart of man. Okay, so uh, he he wanted to shake God off of his uh, he wanted to shake God off of his conscience, and so that's why he was rebelling. Right. So anyway, getting off of that, because I actually went on a tangent on that. I apologize. But I'll tell you, uh, I want people to understand that it's very important that we that we understand that that it, we are in a bubble in within our our time, within the constraints of time itself. We are able to do what is right in our own personal lives. We know what that is. That's why the Bible says if you know something, uh, the right thing to do and you don't do it. To you, it is sin. Okay? So I'm going to cut this off here, and I'm going to do a part two to this one, because this is very interesting, and I also want to get deeper into the more the application of the free will, uh, of our very free will, setting aside the sovereignty part, understanding that God is sovereign over where we go, what we decide on, what we do, in the larger scheme of things, outside in the eternal realm and what our decisions are, God already knows from the foundations of the earth. Okay, so that's where I want to go, and um, we're, we're basically gonna uh, get back, uh, get back into it. 
and we're gonna enjoy uh another uh, part two to this okay until next time true new 16 take care Wish, 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 wish,